Steph, thank you very much. Amazing. I have a son who's two years old. I'm gutted he's not here because uh, even though he's not a baby, I think I would have done that as well. But it's just, just, just for the effect. That was brilliant. Spontaneous baby welcome Sunday. It's great to be here. Um, my name is Sujith, as Steph said. I'm married to Reshmi. We have a son, Judah, who's two. Um, I was born in Nigeria. Uh, and uh, my parents were teaching their school teachers there at that time. And um, <clears throat> when I was a baby, about um, you know a few weeks old, a couple of months maybe, uh, I contradicted three deadly diseases all at the same time. We lived at a place, we'd lived in a location where the nearest hospital was 150 kilometers away. And um, my parents had a quite a difficult time. They were both uh, followers and believers of Jesus. And so they prayed and said, God, please help, help our baby. Please do something. Uh, so the doctor said, look, there's nothing, nothing we can do. Um, and the doctor sort of said, I can't believe he said it, but he actually said, look, uh, we, we'd rather the baby not die in the hospital. You know, you can take him home. There's nothing more we can do, really. I suppose that's how they did it back in the day. I don't know. So they took me back. I sort of stopped eating, drinking, kind of. Um, stopped breathing in a sense. My skin went blue. I don't remember any of this, by the way. My mom tells me. Um, um, and uh, the pupils in my uh, eyelids started to flip backwards. So, you know, life was slowly ebbing away. My parents, my mom especially, kept praying uh, very, very hard. They came back to check on me after a while. And lo and behold, I was breathing. And so they rushed me 150 kilometers back to the hospital and uh, showed me to the consultant who was looking at that. He was, um, he was born a Buddhist, he was, but he was a practicing atheist, if that makes sense. Uh, you know? um, he, looked at, he looked at my parents and said, in my entire medical uh, history experience, I have never seen anything like it. And then he looked at my parents and added these words, only your God could have done it. And uh, so I am just a product of amazing mercy and amazing grace and all of the goodness that we sang about today is 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 true and i believe that uh, ultimately no matter what expert says what god has the final word and uh, and I, I truly believe that's true for your life god has the final word in your life god has the final word for revelation church because sometimes we can look at situations and say lord that's the end it's hopeless there's no there's no way this can progress or proceed but uh, god has a way of surprising us doesn't he and uh, so yeah um so uh, when i was 7 years old i gave my life to Jesus. Um, my mom shared the gospel with me, just the message of Jesus, John chapter 1, to everybody who believed him and received him. He gave them the power to become sons of God, and it spoke to me. I follow, and I've been a follower of Jesus Christ ever since, since I was seven. Never looked back. Went, uh, grew up, I was quite good at the sciences, so went and did engineering. I wanted to be an engineer, work in the oil fields and make a lot of money. That was the dream, and so I did that, and uh, while I was there, I felt the passion for teaching the Bible, just felt that. And so I invited, I shared the message of Jesus with a friend of mine and uh, he became a follower of Jesus. And I said to him, mate, come, come to my room. We lived in the halls of residence and come to my room every day. I can sort of, you know, work you through the gospel of John. I, I knew he needed a bit of uh, discipleship, maybe friendship. And so I did that. I started sharing the word of God every day of the week for an hour. And a uh, few weeks later, he brought along another friend. And then we were a church of three. And, uh, and then a few weeks. Anyway, by the end of the year, we were about 30. You know, I was 18 years old at that time. But I didn't know what I was doing. But hey. Yeah, it was it was it was good, and um, so just being in love with Jesus sins. And so after I finished uh, engineering, I just felt the, the the voice of God, the prompting of God to sort of do 
something different with my life. So I now lead a church in Barry St. Edmunds in Suffolk. And uh, my wife, uh, Reshmi, is also an engineer. She's an aircraft engineer. I'm an instrumentation engineer. But we sort of felt a, a diversion in our, in our road. And we, we now pursue what we feel God's called us, which is to be a blessing to churches and to... Um, and to share the message of Jesus. So that's a bit of my story. And uh, I, every year uh, we take a group of young people from our church to a uh, Christian uh, youth summer festival called New Day. And uh, I, uh, I remember sitting year after year mesmerized by Steph's preaching. And uh, so it's just a, a delight to think actually, ah, you know, you have one of these fanboy moments. Have you ever had these moments? <laughs> Ah, I've got Steps number in my phone, you know. So, there we are, I've made it. <clears throat> anyway, I'm going to talk to you from John chapter 4 today. So if you have a Bible, turn there or click there or whatever it is you want to do to get there. Uh, it's a bit of a long story. I'm going to read it anyway quite quickly for the benefit of those who may not know the story. And... Uh, And then I just want to share a few things I feel uh, God's laid on my heart. John chapter 4, we'll sort of start reading from verse 6 onwards um, in John chapter 4. This is what it says. Jesus was tired, wearied from his journey. He was sitting beside the well. Uh, It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself. As did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Uh, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have is not your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to a woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship... What we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He is called the Christ. Um, When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples came back saying, Rabbi, eat. 
Um, but he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. I'm going to skip to verse 39. Uh, Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this indeed is the savior of the world. What a great story, a story about Jesus just really tired, uh, went and sat by a well. Obviously back in the day, there was no Starbucks for him to go to. So that's what he did. He went and sat by the well, hoping for a drink. And a woman comes back in the day, uh, men and women didn't talk. It was, not, uh, it was not customary to do that. And that's why the followers of Jesus are quite uh, surprised that he's having this conversation with a woman and uh, they go on and have this conversation. She becomes a believer in Jesus, follows Jesus. And as a result of that, uh, so, sort of the entire town in a way is shaped by her encounter with Jesus. And I want to just pick uh, a two or three things I feel God has just uh, been uh, laying on my heart for you as a church. Uh, and, I, and I hope that, that it will be helpful. So Jesus has this, uh, uh, this, this conversation with the woman and, and his, his opening line is, hey, uh, please may I have a drink? And she goes, well, uh, you're, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. How come you, we're even having this conversation in the first place? And Jesus says, you know, uh, uh, if you knew who it was that was talking to you, and if you knew the gift of God, you would have asked me, instead of me asking you for a drink, you would have asked me and I would have given you living water. And so she says, well, are you greater than our grandfather, our great-great-grandfather Jacob, who gave us this well? Uh, and, 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 and by the way, you have no bucket with you, and, and the well is really, really deep. So even if you were to give me a drink, how on earth are you going to draw water from the well for me? And, and, and you know, sometimes we, we can approach God with, uh, we, with our, our worldview and limitations of what we think he can do. I, I've lost count of the number of times I've told God, you have no bucket, you know, and the well is deep. Because, because we try and think that God has limitations that we have. You know, God, God needs to operate the way we operate and God needs to draw water the way we draw water. And, 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 and sometimes we can look at church, look at life, look at the situation we are in and we can almost think, well, this is impossible. I don't know how this is going to work out, God. So on the one hand, we believe in Jesus. On the other hand, we're almost saying, no, you know, actually God's not going to do it because he's got no bucket. And, 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 and Jesus said, no, no, if you knew, if you had any idea who was talking to you, and if you had any idea that all of this was just gift, that all of this is my generosity, not your doing. If you had an idea, then rather than saying and, and commenting about my bucket, you would have said, Jesus, please give me a drink. And I feel there's some of us sitting here and, and God is just saying to our hearts, listen, if you had any idea of his generosity, if you had any idea of who he is, then you would be running to him with every problem you've got, with every complex situation you've got, with everything that you look at life and go, this is impossible. There's no way this can be fixed. I don't understand how God can reach out to me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know where I've been. What 
what I've done, and I don't, I don't know if this can be fixed. But, it, but, but, but can I just encourage your heart to be open to know two things. God is bigger than you think. God is bigger than your prejudice. God is bigger than your upbringing. God is bigger than your mom and your dad and what your school teachers told you. It, with God, there is nothing that is impossible. And the good news is all of it is gift. It's out of His generosity that He wants to reach out, bless us, transform our lives and bring a solution that will transform not just our lives, but the community and the society that's around us. And I feel for Revelation Church for 2017, the Holy Spirit wants to give you a revelation of the bigness of God and of the generosity of God. And that is good news. That's good news. Because Jesus said, if you knew that, then you would have asked. Hey, hands up. How many of you are going to the uh, postcode prayer week? Let's have a look. Come on, more of you. Come on. I want, I want to encourage you to make it a point to do it. You know why? Because if you knew how big he was, and if you knew how generous he was, you'd be at N7, N1, and NW5. Did I get that right? Come on. Come on. You know, you would be. You would be. Because if you knew, you would be. You would be. Um, I'm going to slightly go off script here and I'm just going to speak to one or two specific people. Is that all right? Yeah. So gentlemen, right at the back with the green jumper on, glasses, you're looking at me. Hey, listen, um, I don't know your name, but um, I just really feel if you knew the generosity of God, you know, uh, sometimes uh, you can be praying, praying, praying and saying, well, what's the, what's the point? There's no answers coming through. Uh, there's been delays to some of your prayers, waiting a long time. And sometimes, you know, when, when, when we pray and prayers don't come, our hearts can be a bit broken, bruised because of that. But I just feel for this year, God's going to bring you healing to know that actually, um, you know, the delays to your prayers are not your fault and they're not your mistake. And uh, can I just say it's okay to... It's, it's okay to cry publicly, right? It's all right. So, you know, we're not judging them. God knows exactly what's going on in their lives. And uh, can I just say to you this year, um, you will be released from the guilt that the, the, the lack of answer to your prayer is not your fault. God is a generous father. Amen. So receive that. And, uh, and God, 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 I think has got great things for you this year. So enjoy that year. That will be brilliant. Hey, here's the second thing that I want to I wanna say to you. <clears throat> um, um, so this woman comes up and says, hey, oh, look, I, I, know, that, um, I know that we Jews, uh, we Samaritans and you Jews, we, we worship differently. You know, we have our set locations where we worship. <clears throat> and, and Jesus says, you know, it's not really about that. It's not really about location, how we do these things. The, the hour is coming and is now here where the Father is looking for those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. And, uh, and, 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 and if you've been in church long enough, maybe you've read that verse before, but, but if, if, you, if you look at it closely, the word, Spirit there is not in capital S, it's in small s. So yes, we need to worship God with the presence of the Holy Spirit and receive the prophetic word of God, the encouragement of God. But, but I really feel what, what, what scripture is trying to highlight there is that there is an authenticity that God will bring where we are free in our own spirit to worship God when we encounter the Holy Spirit. 
that the Spirit of God leads us into all truth so that God is not trying to say, hey, listen, I, I want to do, I, I want to I, I wanna have uh, all of me and none of you. Actually, I, th- I think God's saying, I wanna, it's, it's got to be all of me in all of you. God wants to use your gift, your personality, how you're wired, and you're not a mistake. You're not, you're not some sort of weird way in which you're wired and you're sort of trying to say, no, 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 I want to detach my personality because now I'm a Christian. So I've got to maybe think differently, act differently, dress differently, eat differently, say goodbye to my old friends. And I've got to be, no, 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 no. It's not about that. Actually, the one thing that the gospel or the message of Jesus does, it gives you the permission to be more authentic and more you than you will ever realize than you will ever realize because the gospel is so empowering to be you can i make a confession is okay to make a confession in church hey i got caught for speeding once you know i don't know if this is being recorded on my word now it's public so so here you go it's too late to take that back now um but you know i want you to imagine i want you to imagine um i want you to imagine that a policeman pulls you over and, uh, and he says, man, you know, look, this is a 30 mile an hour. You were doing 40, uh, you know, and I'm like, oh man, I'm really sorry. Please just, just let me off this one time. I really appreciate it if you let me go. And, and, <clears throat> and, the, and the policeman says, oh, you know what? Yeah, I can't be bothered. I've got the Liverpool game to see. So thank you. You know, you're, you can go. And, and, and I drive away feeling Phew, that was close. I'm so glad I'm forgiven, you know. Um, I feel a lot of followers of Jesus Christ look at God our Father as the policeman who has forgiven us. Because on the one hand, we know, we know we're forgiven. But on the other hand, we feel this small because we know we're guilty. But you see, the message of the gospel is not just that we're forgiven. The message of the gospel is that we are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let me give you another example. I have a friend of mine. His name's Rob. Uh, he recently, t- two or three years ago, uh, became a Christian. He had a very colorful past, and uh, he, he became a follower of Jesus Christ, and he started coming to church. And you know, when you come to church, you need to do, in case you want to work with young people, we need to do like, a, what's it called, a, a DBS check. And so uh, they, they sent off a, a DBS check on him, and uh, he knows I talk about this story wherever I go. And so I'm not gossiping about him. But um, uh, so, uh, so when, when the DBS check came back, uh, it was not a piece of paper. It was a booklet because in it was everything he has ever done and all of the record that stood against him. You know, when he was 16, he stole a Mars bar. And then you know, a couple of months later, he graduated to Snickers. And like everything is like in him. Everything's that he's forgiven. He's not in jail. He's not a criminal. But you see, a record still stands about his past. But the Bible says that at the cross, the record that stood against us has been completely wiped clean. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says this, that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. The message of the gospel of good news is not just that we are forgiven. The message of the gospel of the good news is that I now have the driving record of Jesus. Not just that I'm forgiven, that my record is a reflection 
of how Jesus looks and that that amazing freedom to know that by faith, by simple trust in God, Christ's pure and matchless righteousness, the fact that he is loved, pure, holy before God unconditionally, that that identity is mine by sheer gift. When I understand that, it sets me from all sorts of religion, all sorts of rules about how I should worship, where I should worship, and me trying to be not myself, and it sets me completely free to be me. And I feel this morning that people sitting here thinking, man, I don't even know why I'm here because I feel a bit fake. I feel like, oh, should I really be here? I don't know what I've done and where I've been through. And so I've been trying to act Christian, but I have not been able to act Christian. Christianity is not putting on an act. It's the complete freedom of ever having to act and be completely free to know that the Father embraces us for the way we are and because of the righteousness of Jesus that is ours by sheer generosity, we can be set free to be us. Isn't that great news? Is that great news? Lady here with the the black stripes, are you looking at me? Hey, listen, don't ever, don't ever think that God wants a different version of you, okay? So the other people might have come and, and not appreciated your ways, your mannerisms, how you are. And so sometimes when when we live like that, <clears throat> we can tend to uh, alter it so that we can make people happy and say, oh man, they rejected me. So maybe I should be a different version so they, they can... So, so, so when you grow up and you think, man, I'm, I'm not in the club, I'm not in the clique, I'm not in the... You know, we can grow up trying to be somebody else for other people. But I just feel God's going to give you the grace just to be a free version of you. And all the pressure and the guilt and the condemnation that you think of, oh man, why do I need to be three people? I'm one person before my friends, another person before my family, another person before my church. Hey, the gospel is freedom, okay? And, and God will give you the grace to worship you, worship him in your spirit and in your truth. And that's amazing. That is, that is good news. That's good news. That's good news. And... Um, and, and, and Jesus says to this woman, hey, uh, why, why don't you go home, call your husband, come back? <clears throat> she says, um, well, I have no husband. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's true, by the way. You've been married five times. And the bloke you're living with now is not even your husband. Okay, cool. Uh, she becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. I, I want to ask you a question, but, but, but don't answer the question because Steph's here and we have to be very, very, very well behaved when Steph's listening because, because, um, because you've got to be careful what kind of answer you give. So here's my question. Are you ready for my question? Ready for my question? Here's, here's my question, okay? I want you to imagine uh, you, you, you're, you're Facebook friends with this woman, okay? I know there was no Facebook back in the day, but just, just think with me, okay? Okay, you're Facebook's friends with this person. So she goes, oh, okay, yeah. Um, uh, Facebook status changes. I've got into a relationship with this guy. Oh, great. You click like, hey, wonderful, happy for you. We're getting married. Oh, fantastic, great. After a while, go, oh, it's complicated. And you think, oh, what happened? I'm here for you. Do you need anything? You know, just call me anytime. I'd love to help you. And then I think, oh, man, these guys got divorced. Oh, I'm so tired. A couple of years later, oh, she, oh, she's met another bloke. Oh, wonderful. I'm so happy for you, man. This will be amazing. Uh, a couple of months later, are oh, they getting married? Fantastic. I wonder what I should get them for as a wedding gift this time. Okay. As divorced again. A couple of months. Oh, a few years later. Oh, 
another bloke, I met another bloke, I'm getting married. And you go through divorce number three and divorce number four and divorce number five. And now she's met another bloke and she's living with him at home. So here's the question I want to ask. This woman comes back to the village. Watch this. This woman comes back to the village and says, I've met a man who has told everything about me. So here's the question. At that moment, what are you thinking? Let's be, let's be honest. So, so don't, don't shout out the answer because Steph's listening. But, but what's the, what's, what, what are you thinking? I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, man, wh- when is she ever going to learn? You know, what, what, what do you mean you met another man? You know, you, you, you need to just take a break from meeting men. That's what you need to do. But you see, on that one confession, an entire, ta- an entire town comes out to hear about Jesus. How, how did that happen? H- how did that happen? She didn't explain the Bible to the town. She didn't explain some deep theological explanation of who God is. She gave them an account of what God did in her heart. And that was enough. And that was enough. There's a verse in in Galatians chapter 1. Paul, who was a terrorist, a murderer, says, uh, When it pleased God to reveal his son in me, not to me, in me, so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. You know, sometimes we we can disqualify ourselves thinking, man, I'm not I'm not the cleverest. I'm not the smartest. We don't have the best equipment. Maybe we don't have a building. Maybe we don't have great teams. But can I just say, never never underestimate the power of what Jesus is doing in your heart. That's worth more than money. That's worth more than buildings. That's worth more than people. That's worth more than 100 degrees because what Christ does in us is the hope of glory. And if all you can say is, I've met a man who's told me everything, that it has the power to change and shake a town. It does. It does. I wonder who here is thinking, man, I want to, I want, to be, I want to call Revelation Church my home and you're visiting for the first time or you've been here for a bit and you're thinking, man, uh, should I be here? Should I not? Should I connect? Some of you are a part of the family and thinking this great, great church. I want, to, I want to make 2017 count and pray over these postcodes and see many people becoming followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, but, what, but what do I have to offer? Hey, listen, how about whatever it is that God's doing in your heart? That's, that's a good starting point. Whatever it is that's good. And if all you've got to say is, I've met a man who's told me everything about me. Do that. Do that. Because it's amazing what God can do with a heart that's constantly on the receiving end of grace. And every now and then, hands up, come on, we know this is true. Every now and then, we disqualify ourselves. You know why? Because we compare ourselves. And I go, oh man, I, I, I could never grow a beard like that. And you go, when am I ever going to get, you know? But, but hey, listen, what if, I, what if I never get a beard like that? It's okay. I'm, I'm cool with this. You know, and maybe we should just accept the grace on our heart, the grace in our life to say, God's doing something in my heart. And maybe that's what we are going to share with the world. In a moment, um, the band's going to come up. We're going to have communion, break bread together. But 
I don't want to finish without giving an opportunity to somebody here who maybe you are new here, you don't know Jesus, or you're thinking, I used to be a Christian, but I've just stumbled in because a friend invited me. And I, 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 I may be a bit like that woman, maybe a bit confused about my own identity, but I, um, I recognize that maybe Jesus has a plan for me. Maybe, maybe my life will count. Maybe my life does not have to be defined by the number of divorces I went through. Maybe my life can be defined by how generous God is to me. What if God wants to define your life based on his generosity and not on your past? Because you see, people box you in because they know you, what you've been through and what you've done. But in Christ, there is an absolute new identity. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, we've sung about it today, we've declared it, we've heard it from the front. There is a possibility for you to have a brand new start with Jesus if you will simply trust him, if you will simply take a decision to follow him. And so make that simple confession from your heart today, maybe saying, Jesus, I understand that all of this is your generosity towards me and help me to respond to that. Maybe you're here and, and you, a friend invited you. Talk to your friend about it and say, hey, how, how can I take a few more steps forward? Or if you don't have a friend here, come talk to one of the people up in front and I'm sure they'll be able to help you. But uh, we're going to pray in a moment. But I've just got one last word for this lady with blue top looking at me. Hey, don't be defined by what you've gone through in the past. You know, the disappointment, things that did not work out. And sometimes after years and months, you think, man, why am I not over it? Why can't I let go of disappointments that have happened? Define your life by God's generosity towards you. Uh, lots of people may not change their memory about you. And they may not let go, but God's let go. You know, and his gift towards you is amazing. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? We're going to pray together. Steph, if you want to come up as well, that'll be great. Let's pray together. Father, I ask you today in Jesus' name that you will help us as a community to understand your gift, to understand your generosity, to understand that we are loved, to understand that our lives are defined by how generous and how good and how great you are and not by our past and where we've been, what we've done. I pray that this will be a prophetic picture for Revelation Church, that not through, not through the brilliance of what we can offer, but through the amazing grace of transformed hearts, we pray that an entire community will receive the life of Jesus. And so, Lord, it's not all of our gimmicks and tricks and, and all of that we can offer, but we offer you our hearts and say, Lord, if your grace can change and transform our hearts, we will take every opportunity possible to pass on your generosity. And Lord, I want to take the, the, the audacity and, and, and have the audacity and the boldness to even say that because of that, Revelation Church will touch heaps and heaps of communities. And just as Samaria was changed, Lord, we look forward to the day where nations, communities, postcodes, boroughs, towns, cities will be transformed, not by our brilliance, but by your generosity. What a good God you are. We celebrate that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much. God bless you.